It's time for Talking Pictures Trivia. A quick friendly reminder, there's a very specific way to fold the American flag. Welcome to Talking Pictures Trivia, the podcast in which a group of geographically challenged friends explore movies through trivia as an excuse to keep their friendships alive. I'm one of these friends and today's host, Nick, and with me is... Tom and KJ. Great to have you back as always. Additionally, joining us as a guest for this episode is... Patrick Kotner. Thanks for joining us today, Patrick. Patrick is the producer of the George Lucas talk show where retired filmmaker George Lucas, played by Connor Ratliff, interviews real-life celebrities and raises money for charity. Be sure to check it out. Patrick conveniently likes movies. For those joining us for the first time, we start off each episode with a movie quiz, as these pivotal questions will determine who earns today's trivia crown. Then, once the fierce competition is over, we follow it up with our famous movie rant, Where Anything Goes. KJ, tell us about today's movie. Today, we are going back to 1971. The Etch-A-Sketch is released, 18-year-olds can now vote, and Disney World in Florida opens. During all this, George Lucas releases his first feature film, THX 1138. Following THX 1138, George Lucas goes on to make American Graffiti, a few Star Wars movies, and was the executive producer on a Marvel movie called Howard the Duck. THX 1138 was released in theaters alongside Airport, The Aristocrats, and a Woodstock documentary. Nick will be quizzing us today. Nick, what is THX 1138 all about? A quick note, I believe most, if not all of us, watched the director's cut of this film. So just a general FYI, should there be any discrepancies from your viewing experience? I saw the original years ago, and there were many moments, specifically of the CGI variety, that I didn't recall from the past viewing. THX-1138 and LUH-3417 are debatably compatible roommates until things begin to change as La slowly weans effects off the state-mandated sedatives. It appears that the two are much more compatible than previously portrayed, much to the dismay of the state. This lack of conformity will not stand, and both are severely punished. We follow Fex as he attempts to track down La and escape the confines of the only life he's ever known. Tom, if you only had one word to describe THX-1138, what would it be? Total. KJ, what would be your word? Sterile. Patrick? <laughs> I can come up with another word if you want. <laughs> Nope, sterile was a great word, so it just shows how good your word was. I'm going to say white because it's a very white movie. And my word would be sedation. It's time for question one. What were the charges brought against THX 1138 by the state? And I'm not looking for the codes, okay? There was a few specific charges brought against it. I'm going to lock in. I'm gonna lock in. <laughs> Locked in? All right. KJ, you sound really confident there. Let's start it up. So I have two. Um I'll say stopping the medication. I don't know if they what they called the 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 you know the doggy downers that it seemed like everybody was taking. Um and uh excessive happiness to borrow from patch adams I, again i don't remember exactly what they said but uh i have those two yeah that's what i think of when i think of that guy he was just too damn happy <laughs> okay tom um i had uh, avoiding the medication not taking his medication 
and also erotic perversions, a.k.a. heterosexual sex. <laughs> okay, Patrick, what do you have? See, I was just going a little bit simpler. I, I had love, <laughs> just love. <laughs> and then the only other word I could think of, which I know is not related to this, but was insurrection. It just felt <laughs> like something they would talk about in this movie. Yeah. Okay. I think the points are going to go to everyone because I feel like each one of you got one. <laughs> um, and I'm going to read off what the actual... Uh, Tom, yours is close, though. Tom actually... Tom got two. Tom actually did get two. Yeah. So I got to give the points to Tom. I, the the, the uh, erotic behavior was mm -hmm. technically close to one of them. So Tom will get the first point on this episode. The mm -hmm. four charges that were brought up were drug evasion which i would say everybody kind of got something mm -hmm. like that um malicious sexual perversion as tom mentioned uh, that's pretty malicious unconditional response and just transgression you know th th those are the other ones transgression sounds a lot like insurrection or it sounds a lot like insurrection. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well I, I think I, I think I could be convinced there. I think okay. the, I think Patrick's right. getting a point too. Sorry, KJ. Right. No, no problem. No, I didn't yeah. see uh, excessive. Excuse me, I didn't see excessive happiness on that list. So, uh, okay. Well, KJ said that, right? Didn't you say being happy? No, no, he did, but that's not one of excessive the... happiness. <laughs> he had to say excessive. So the points are going to go to uh, Tom and Patrick, and the reason I brought this one up is really just to bring us into discussing the main and supporting characters of this one. There really are only a few characters we're introduced to. The majority of the story is dealing with uh, THX-1138 and his companion, La, as she's referred to, uh, L-U-H-3417. There are also some other side characters. So I just thought I'd like to open it up to anyone's opinions on any of the, the main characters. Well, what's interesting about them is they're with THX is mostly a blank. He's sort of a blank slate that we could, you know, cast ourselves on. It, it seems like La and Sen, uh, played by Donald Pleasant, is Sen, who's the you know the most interesting person there, are are somehow engaged in in like an active insurrection. Especially La, she's the one who manipulates the drugs, right? She makes sure he's not taking them from what I can remember, which I have to say, yeah. I watched this movie twice this week. The first viewing, I don't remember her doing that. So that's she switches blank. the pills. Yeah, yeah she pills. damn blank this movie is. Um, but, you know, so she sees him, seems to have a clear goal, which is like to get him out of this system. Sen does as well, but Sen seems to be much more of a, um, like a, a, like a kind of, head in the air philosopher type i don't think he's as kind of together as as lux's um and when he's in that kind of weird prison that seems to be the easiest prison to get out of you just you just leave whenever you want um, just keep walking just keep walking and eventually you know it's, it's like leaving the superdome you just walk in a direction until you you hit an exit um when when he's in there there's this kind of like odd revolutionary madman energy going on mm -hmm. it, it kind of reminded me of if anybody's seen the movie or the play Marat Saad where all of uh it, it takes place during the French or after the French Revolution and it's a bunch of madmen who are in this asylum in enacting 
scenes from the French Revolution, um, you know, mm -hmm. and eventually inspires them to, to revolt. Uh, that's what it reminded me. It reminded me of madmen pretending revolution. It's interesting you should bring up uh, some of these other characters. And you mentioned the word philosopher. I was actually reading a little bit about this. And THX actually stands for sex, and his companion law stands for love. Sen was actually who might actually we might call him a villain in this movie standed for sin so there was some kind of play with that you know what what, what is i don't get that i read the same thing yeah how is sin sin what is his what are we supposed to not like him like i mean he eventually kind of just chickens out right or he just doesn't have yeah. the energy to follow through right and and what's uh, what ends up being interesting about THX, it's maybe the only interesting thing other than Robert Duvall, who's by himself interesting, is that he actually follows through with the revolution. Uh, not revolution, excuse me, the escape, right? Sen just sort of goes back into the fold and he wants to go back into the fold. He tells, you know, the hand mendling Christ Ohm that he, you know, wants to wants to do that. So what what is that? What is a, what is the sex love sin thing do for us? I, I don't read that in the movie. The only thing I can say is he takes the role of the snake in the Garden of Eden. He's the one whispering all these things, but he's actually too sheepish to do anything on his own. He needs someone else to take the bait. And I think that's the only connection I could make with THX. Um, but you're right. I, I I read that too, and I was hoping maybe some of us could explore. But it seems everyone else is kind of just as confused as I am with it. <laughs> <laughs> this movie, this movie, whenever I watch it, it does feel like, like it's obviously George's first movie. George, we're on a first name basis. It's George's first movie. It's understand. Produce. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 <laughs> and, um, but it definitely feels still like the college short that he made, which mm -hmm. I watched last week. Um, I don't know if it was for the first time. I mentioned this before recording. Every time I watch this movie, it feels like it's the first time I've watched this movie because I'm like, I don't remember any of this <laughs> beyond the general broad strokes. Um, but it, it feels like he's still in college being like, yeah, man, this is going to mean all this cool stuff and they're not going to be able to pick up on it because it's too deep for everybody. And I feel like that's exactly what we're running into right now where like if you were in George's head and he was like, well, this is what this means. You're like, Okay, I guess so. Yeah, sure. Yeah, you did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he yeah. took it even a step further, Patrick. So I was reading about like some of the characters that were in that jail with him were SRT, NCH, and PTO, which stand for Sartre, Nietzsche, and Plato. So like he's like, yeah, I'm just gonna put these in there, and people aren't gonna get it. But it's George, cool. come on, George. <laughs> come on. Yeah. <laughs> it, who, which one is Nietzsche? Uh, is it the older guy? I is... actually don't know which one is which. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was getting a I, I was getting an insane Nietzsche vibe from him, um, but. Yeah, yeah, that sounds like a bunch of crap. Honestly, <laughs> I know we're not supposed to insult the movie or something, but let's you know, insult the movie. I, I do guess that when I think about this movie as a whole, I feel like I can sum up a lot of it as, "Come on, George, what are we doing?" Like that sort of, that sort of. And I do, I, I want to be clear. I do like parts of this movie a lot. I think <laughs> the design is cool, and I even maybe this is popping ahead, and I'm sorry about that, but I like a lot of the changes that he made 
uh, for the re-release. I think it, like, helps fill out the world a little bit more. Because if you watch the other one, like, you can clearly tell it's, like, a very small budget. And it's being shot in, like, three different rooms. And that's, like, it. <laughs> Whereas on this, like, you you know, he extends the hallways. And he fills in, like, traffic and stuff. And it makes it feel like it's a little bit more booming and, you know, alive. Um, so that does not get a come on, George, for me. That gets a good job, George. <laughs> and you know what job. it was, too? When I job, watched George. the original back in the day and then I watched this, I'm like, this almost seems like a different movie. I don't remember all of this stuff going on. So it was even yeah. harder because there was such a gap between the two viewings. The, the, yeah. the CGI scorpion I could have done without. What about a the scorpion? monkey Wait, creatures? I don't remember a scorpion. It's a CGI when scorpion when Donald Pleasant is wandering around aimlessly until children oh gosh. <laughs> help him out for some somehow. <laughs> um, he like looks down and there's like a CGI scorpion. I saw it. Thing, yep. yeah. Yep. You know, that, critical to the movie. It, it looks like I could have done it on my on my yeah. Mac. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the monkeys. The monkeys are a big thing. The monkeys are a whole other. That's a whole conversation. That's a whole nother thing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen the original. Um, I think it's kind of hard to find. I don't know that it, it came out on DVD or anything. It's. I will say this: if you want to find it, you can find it because I, because <laughs> I, did, I did find it. <laughs> anything can be found. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but if it's more similar to the short, where it relies more on only being in three rooms, mm-hmm. I think I would have enjoyed it more because of this uh, pseudo philosophy or the you know the the come on Georges might have felt better in a an obvious low budget movie instead of a, a kind of corny CG mm-hmm. um, situation. For some reason, this has been the year of Lucas for me. I picked, we actually did a shorts episode that included uh, electronic labyrinth before yeah. this episode. And then even early on, we, we we've explored a, a lot, a lot of his material, American graffiti this year. I was like, okay, well, why don't I just keep the trend going? So let's go all the yeah. way back. <laughs> so that's how Can we I, ended up now, here. Now, since we're talking about American graffiti really quickly, have you guys seen more American graffiti? No, we no, did not cover no. that one it, on my list. Guys, I'd love to watch that. It is on HBO max mm-hmm. and okay. I do nice. highly recommend watching it. It's, I wouldn't say, <laughs> I wouldn't say that it's good, mm-hmm. but I would say that it's fascinating. It's just like an interesting piece of pop culture that does not exist. Like no one ever talks about more American graffiti, but it's fascinating. Mm-hmm. You just, I just need to put, watch. <laughs> I would like to just leave it in your heads just so you have also seen it. <laughs> nice. It's time for question two. What is the control technique used by the powers that be to incapacitate a citizen? Yeah, I know. I, I like, oh, I can hear it in my head and also not hear it in my head. Locked in? I'll lock in too. I'm going to say that I'm never going to lock in, so I might as well just say that I'm locked in because I do not have a good answer <laughs> for this. Patrick, since you're so confident, start us out. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, you know, the control technique, it's just, it's control, but they take all of the um, uh, vowels out of it. It's just C R T L. That's that's what it is. Control delete. You know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, Tom. I think it's m- mind stop. KJ. The control technique. They use those really long sticks with the electricity at the end to control whoever they needed to knock down. That's how nobody got the points. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna give this. This is maybe unprecedented. I'm gonna give Tom half a point. <laughs> All right. <laughs> The device or program or whatever it was was called Mind Lock, 
when he My it almost looked like they ah, induced a seizure. Like he's at the terminal and his eyes start flipping upwards. So it was called a mind lock. The reason I brought this one up, I just wanted to talk about the governmental slash like law enforcement structure of this society. And I thought that was a very unique microcosm of how it was presented because they were so bureaucratic that one area was following one policy and the other area was following a different one. And even when they almost like had a nuclear explosion or radioactive event, then they start trying to cover each other saying, oh yeah, we, didn't, we, we take no control for that decision for the mind lock. I do want to point out, I love the designs of the guards in this movie. And I know that that's not talking about the, you know, the meaning behind it. But I do think it's so striking, you know, the the poles that they're holding, the masks, like everything about it is like instantly iconic. Um, I was at Comic-Con a few years ago and I saw a guy dressed up as the guard walking through and oh, I was like, that's cool. I mean, that's the coolest costume I'm going to see today. <laughs> uh, but it is it. This movie is so. It's so sterile and it's so cold. And I'm very glad that we are not there as a society currently <laughs> because it it feels like it is there's no fun to be had and everyone would be miserable. And it's just like, it, you know, it, it I'm very happy that that is not the way the world progressed, <laughs> uh, at least at least to me. You know, maybe it is for other people. But yeah, I think one of the things the movie does a great job is distancing the audience from the movie, mm -hmm. right? That's one of the reasons we're having such trouble remembering it. And mm -hmm. part of the way they do that is everybody in the movie is also distanced from each other or, or these different groups, right? They're, they're trying not to take responsibility. They are distancing themselves from what is actually happening by trying to put the blame on somebody else or only talking over the weird microphones, right? There's very little dialogue in the same room as two people, right? It's all usually the, similar to the short, it's all the intercom. And so I think that distance is part of what you're talking about, Nick, how they're trying to not take the blame. Taking it to another level, physical distance, no one is really close to each other or intimate except when they get off their meds. That was the crime. So it's very interesting how, and even in my introduction, I said they were roommates because Sen wanted to change to be his roommate. There was nothing of a sexual orientation there or a relationship. They just happen to be compatible. So it's very interesting how they take that distance effect even to another level. Yeah, I mean, you usually see that in, in dystopian stuff, right? It's, it's usually distance and it's how the distance is happening. So you have, you know, my, my kind of reading of, of like dystopian stuff is generally it's either um, a it's either caused by the the state kind of overacting or it's caused by a complete lack of state. Right. So it's either you have the, the 1984 model, you know, the, the, the totalitarian model or you have The Walking Dead. Both of these are dystopian. One is a, it's like a Hobbesian complete lack of order and and. Um, all these little tribes form and they can't really work together. So they end up just, just fighting each other also the, and, and the external threat as well. Or you have this thing where it's either, um, either it's 1984 or brave new world where you have a totalitarian government. That's either uh, just kind of the boot in the face or inundating you with so much pleasure that you don't, think anymore you don't really have kind of independent action and this movie seems to be 
more the like the 1984 model right it's going to control you it's going to keep you at a distance i mean 1984 also has the like illegal sex like the, the main character has some some hot illegal sex in that just just as in this movie i, I don't know if i'd call it hot it, it certainly was illegal um you know and, and that seems to be the 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 kind of model that's going on here it's like totalitarian um and also it's about kind of crushing the spirit as opposed to like flooding it with so much pleasure that it ceases to exist on its own well said <laughs> I, was, I was gonna say i agree <laughs> there, there, uh, i mean on a more but on a more like uh literal version of the distance between people i feel like mm-hmm. one of the things in this movie that it's so jarring when they end up in the hallways that are filled with people because mm-hmm. for most of the movie you see everyone and it's like a sparsely populated room there's like three people or four people you know all very separate very far away from each other and then they go out into the hallway and it's like bustling and you just see like the tops of heads and stuff and it's very jarring and surprising and not something you expect and again that is something that he did expand on on the dvd is like adding more people into the back of the room just to make it feel bigger and busier and things like that um but just seeing everyone together in one place, it brings another level to what you're watching because you're like, oh, there are a lot of people here, even if we're not seeing them all necessarily together. Yeah, they're, they're like cogs in a machine. And when you take the cogs out of the machine and just put them there, it's weird, right? You know, it's it's weird um, because they kind of need each other to work, but they're also cogs, so they're interchangeable. They're just interchangeable white gowned people um and so when you see like a bunch of them together it's it's shocking because you haven't but it's also at the same time um impersonalizing if that's a word people they don't have personalities anymore because they're just meshed together after round one tom is in the lead with one and a half points patrick has one and kj is still with us we'll be right back after this quick commercial break Hi, Tom here again, and I have a message here from Mike and our good friends down at Mike's Gasoline and Repair. So, according to this message, OPEC has definitely announced that gasoline is now drinkable. Yum! Super good! Scientists and everything have confirmed this. They sure have. If you're doing some yard work on a hot day... Boy, will an ice-coated mug filled with pure gasoline hit the spot. So come on down to Mike's Gasoline and buy some of Mike's moderately-sized sausage sandwiches he makes out back and wash them down with a cool glass of gasoline. Now in leaded and unleaded flavors. Glass sold separately. And we're back. Patrick, we're at the critical point of our episode where he asked the guests a key question. If you could watch this movie with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be? Now, is George Lucas the boring answer? <laughs> I think the answer is George. Just because I want, I want, I would, you know, obviously, I feel like I would just be talking over the movie with him more than sitting down and physically watching it with him. Uh but just to hear him explain some of those things that we were talking about where it's like, okay, now what's going on here? What's the deal with this? And then just hearing his train of thought would be fascinating. Uh, that or, uh, you know, George Washington, just because watching a movie with him, I think would be interesting because he wouldn't know what was going on. 
<laughs> his mind would be his mind blown. would be blown, and that would be fun. That would yeah. be fun to to blow George yeah, exactly. Washington's exactly. mind. <laughs> <laughs> If you know what, it's interesting, even with George Lucas, if you're worried about being the boring answer, the one thing I would want to ask him is what are his physical properties of a hologram in his universe? Because that character kind of blew my mind. Yeah, he's a hologram, but he can interact with the real world. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't think he was an actual hologram. I thought it was like his role, like his position. Really? I, I think he was supposed to not be. Real. What do Does, you guys think? Doesn't he say at one point that he's a hologram? He he literally says, I am a hologram. Yeah, I, I thought that meant like his job because he's a hologram <sighs> holo hologram actor, right? Like be like saying I'm an actor. That's that's the impression I got. I he didn't like take... knocks people down. Yeah, but and... don't forget when they got the tags in the ear, he made no movement. Like he didn't make any kind of response. I don't know why he's eating things. It's almost like he's exploring something for the first time. I I literally thought he was not a real person hmm. but he uh, okay i mean he like he has substance right yeah that that's <laughs> why i'm saying like, i want to yeah. ask george lucas what's like, his what deal with holograms <laughs> <laughs> i wonder if george you know how he's never done with a movie the whole time you're like oh i have a question about this he's like well hang on hang on i want to tell you what i really want to do here this is what i'm going to do on the next version of this you know mm -hmm. he'd be going through like great all right, George. Okay. Yep. When technology <laughs> catches up, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. 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 I, I imagine he like breaks into Disney Studios all the time and just updates things. Just constantly. let me have it. I mean, I I constantly say that the funniest thing that George Lucas has ever done is adding McClunky, because <laughs> the fact the fact that they made that cut in 2012 and it was like the last thing that he locked before he like passed over all the negatives to Disney and then just like sat on that time bomb for like eight years, just being like, listen, baby, I know it's coming someday. I know people are going to find out about this. I think it's so, 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 so funny <laughs> just that he knew it was out there and he was just waiting to hear what people said about it, like almost a decade. Yeah, that is, that is interesting. Yeah. He put that in there and waited, but yeah. was it 10, nine years, eight years? It was or... 20, it was 2012 to 2019. So like yeah, seven okay. years, yeah. <laughs> what is this? I, I don't think I'm aware. What, what do you are... not know about McClunky? Oh, I don't think I've heard of McClunky. McClunky. What's McClunky? Oh my God, KJ! I'm so <laughs> excited you been? to be the person to tell you this. <laughs> KJ, when when Disney Plus went live, people were like, "Whoa, this is so cool!" There's a new version of A New Hope on Disney Plus. It's in 4K. This is really cool. We finally get to see the movie in 4K. People start watching it, and by like 10 a.m. Eastern time, like it had just launched, 10 a.m. Eastern time, people are like, this is a new version. Like, they have changed stuff in this version, too. There are brand new things in here. And in the Han and Greedo scene in the cantina, you know, which George has been fiddling with for decades at this first. point. Who shot first, yeah, yeah. Who shot first, It, you know, boring. It's all boring to me. I don't care who shot first. Like, just whatever. It doesn't matter. But right now right before han shoots greedo they cut to a close-up of greedo and he goes mcclunky and then han shoots greedo and that's it that is the only change in the whole thing it's just this new one word and people are like what does that mean what is this and people they found out that like it was the 4k restoration that they did in 2012 they were going to re-release them and then at the last second george was like oh no i'm going to sell this to disney so they canceled all the re-releases <laughs> And that was like some last little little guy that he wanted to put and in there. And that's exactly what he would do is you're watching. He'd be like, oh, can you rewind that for a second? 
Oh, yeah. You know what I'm going to add yeah. right there? McClunky. Like, whatever it is, he's just going <laughs> to yeah. put these things. Yeah. Wow. Oh, I always wanted to have this in the movie, and now I <laughs> now can finally. That's what now was the missing. technology <laughs> finally <laughs> exists. Yeah. Nobody could say McClunky. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It was impossible in the 70s. <laughs> it's time for question three. What is the full name of their deity? Locked in. Locked in? I think Tom said it earlier, but I have a bad feeling about this one. <laughs> well, KJ, let's hear it. <laughs> I I wrote down Jesus Ohm, but I... I <laughs> he looked like Jesus, didn't he? It's was that one of the other saints? Picture of Jesus. It's a, oh, it is right. Yeah, hands membling portrait from the 15th century. 1478 to be exact. German painter hands oh. membling. Tom, you are on target here. I, I know. I know my hands membling. <laughs> yeah, Christ giving his blessing. <laughs> Patrick. Now I think it's O M M, and then four zeros. I want to say. I might be wrong on that number, but I think it's four zeros. Okay. Uh, Tom, what's your answer? I have ohm four zeros or ohm zero, 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 zero. Okay. I'm going to give everyone the points there. Uh, KJ said Jesus ohm, which I think is OMM. So so we're going to, but it was OMM zero, 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 zero. Good job, guys. This was a very fascinating thing to me, the concept of religion in this dystopian society. I know when THX goes to the confessional, there's some dialogue and mostly is the OMM yesing him to death, really. But there were three specific lines that I thought were intriguing, and I wanted to expand upon that with you guys today. The first one was, you are a true believer, blessings of the state, blessings of the masses. Thou art a subject of the divine created in the image of man by the masses for the masses. The next one response at the end was, let us be thankful. We have an occupation to fill, work hard, increase production, prevent accidents, and be happy. The last one that really jumped out at me was, let us be thankful. We have commerce. Buy more. Buy more now. Buy more and be happy. (laughs) I like prevent accidents. I think that's really funny. <laughs> I think that's such a funny rule to have. It's good advice. I'm, you know, I guess. I, yeah, yeah, it's like if you read the Bible, there's a lot of confusion in there. <laughs> like some of the rules where you don't like pick up animals on Saturday and whatnot <laughs> seem a little, <laughs> little arbitrary. Prevent accidents. <laughs> I could get on board with that. It's also very broad. It's very open to interpretation, you yeah. know, and it's not going to be. I don't think people will be mad about it in 2000 years. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's not like it's not <laughs> like when we're, you know, electing a president in 2000 years, people will be like, uh, haven't you read the Bible? They say prevent accidents. Don't you know what that means? You are very clumsy. <laughs> Do they say Have buy you... more, <laughs> buy more now? Are you buying it yet? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the, uh, so like, you know, Om. do you know what that means? Where that comes from? <laughs> Om is a word from Hindu religion and it, it, it refers to, um, both Brahman, the, the God of everything in the universe. And, you know, it's sort of like a God and also the total of the universe. It also refers to Atman, which is the, the soul or the inner, the inner, like the inner God, so to speak. Um, at the end of like Hindu prayers, they usually say like, Om Santi 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 Om. And it's kind of a calling out to, to, you know, the, the sort of 
total divinity of everything. And the, the image of Christ too, it seems to be like they're collapsing this Hindu mythology into a, a with into a Christian figure. Um, but while at the same time bureaucratizing it with zeros, you know, <laughs> like this is Ohm edition O O O O. And what, what's it's kind of the advice you get from from Ohm is really weird. Like what you're quoting, Nick. It's like you're you're one of the masses. Blessed are the masses. Blessed are you as one of the masses. Which is this very like communistic kind of way of looking at things. Like you're one of the masses. You're not an individual. But then it ends on this sort of like neoliberal buy more, buy more, buy more, consume and be happy. Um, and those things don't work together, you know, <laughs> like they're, they're typically, I mean, I guess they could work together. You could be like one of the, one of the masses buying things, but it, it seems to be like he's drawing from um, uh, like kind of like uh, like Marxist and, and neo-Marxist language, but also from like neoliberal language and just jamming them together under the heading of a of a Hindu concept. Um, hmm. You know, I think it's just things he it's things George Lucas doesn't like, uh, you know, wrapped up in religion. That's something else Patrick could ask him when they're watching the movie together. Yeah, you know? yeah, that's very true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've got I've got a list at this point. You know. i want to hear what he meant by prevent accidents (laughs) tell me more about that george what what spurred that rule what is the thing that made well we did see that like radioactive explosion that occurred and they're like okay your wing now has this many less people so keep up a good job (laughs) yeah i love i I love that scene where it's like you have only lost 195 people compared to 245 (laughs) in the other in the other factory well done you prevented more accidents. Uh, and also another thing too, it's like, what are they consuming? Right? Like they have this idea. Mm-hmm. There's this like, I consume more, consume more, buy and be happy. And you see these people just kind of go home and go to work. And, you know, th- there's no like shopping mall, right? Like, what are they going to buy? You see him get money at one point, right? He gets the, like Polygon yeah. that, or something. Um, I think that's, money because he puts it in his quote-unquote bank account i guess which just looks like (laughs) like the ice thing in the freezer when you you know want to get water um but other than that like there's no what are they gonna consume they do make mention of credits that's the only thing i know throughout the film things do cost Mm -hmm. things and maybe those pills aren't cheap (laughs) uh what about the hologram of the naked person that's right that's right you know could have been that. Yeah, could have been it. Yeah, it's it's pay per view. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because their apartments are empty. There's no. There's, there's not no... even Battling Burrow's uh, boxing gloves hanging there. Which, Very sparse. Yeah. You know, there's nothing there. Like when he goes to the prison, how different is that from his apartment? I mean, I think that <laughs> might have been better. They had a nice cushion on top of those. Uh, you know. Yeah, there was more <laughs> space. You you had space for activities. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's no there's nothing commercial going on it, it just sort of doesn't i don't know it, it doesn't seem like the the kind of uh consumerist nightmare that we're supposed to i think get out of the the religious figure there is a city yeah. or other areas that maybe we aren't explored to maybe this is specific roles or occupations within this society and there were vehicles so i don't know if those are all government provided or if there is individual property because that whole mm-hmm. chase i don't know there's a lot <laughs> 
uh, to be left to the imagination. And again, maybe George could incite us. <laughs> yeah, it just seems it seems ideologically all over the place. You know what I'm saying? Maybe he's adding that in the next version, the consumables. <laughs> the, uh... Well, again, just like we said, when did he make this in his career? These were based on college thoughts that it got yeah. expanded into a, a larger feature film. So it is mm -hmm. kind of understandable. The other things I like, too, is when he's first praying to Ohm, um, it cuts to like the wires where you realize this is just kind of algorithmically responding. And there's like a like a gecko or something in there. There's like a little <laughs> lizard climbing over the wires. So the only living thing that has any contact with him or any kind of uh, whatever, like aware thing that has any contact with him when he's praying to this this divinity that's supposed to be whatever, helping him out is like a lizard that got lost or, you know, an amphibian that got <laughs> lost. It was It was a nice little touch. A scorpion. It could have been a. It scorpion. could have been a scorpion. Later, later. CGI scorpion. <laughs> or a monkey creature. Monkey creatures also. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Eight yeah. <laughs> K version. <laughs> he, no, he actually made that like twelve years ago. You just gotta wait for the Disney Plus release. And do you guys know that there's a special edition of American Graffiti too? No. Is there? No, I did not. What's yeah? What's, what is the what special edition of American <laughs> Graffiti? There is one shot that is different that he changed. What is that? I think it was for the DVD release. It's the opening shot of Mel's drive-in, mm -hmm. and he changed the sky behind it. <laughs> and he changed it in, like, 2007 or something like that. It was just, like, this was the thing that's been bothering him for, like, 30 years is, like, oh, man, this sky is not colorful enough. Day to night or something? Uh, no, I think it's just, like, a plain <laughs> sky, and then he, like, makes it, like, a pink with like clouds <laughs> like a like a just a nicer sunset see i thought it was something day to night because there were some times there where i thought they there was like a uh there was lacking continuity between what time it was especially in that sure. beginning when everyone apparently can hear the music at the same time whether they're in the bathroom or they're outside or they're they're cooking the same soundtrack is just permeating everywhere around that vicinity <laughs> i will say I am looking at it now. The original one is just a white sky and you can like see the building behind it. And then when he changed it, he like takes out the building and makes it like a cloud sky. That's what I thought was missing but in the first one. So, yeah. 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 Like, yeah. But where are the clouds? I wonder if you were watching with George, he would just be irrationally angry the whole time because of all the things he sees that he wants to change. But I want to change this. It's like muttering under his breath yeah. the whole time. Especially with Star Wars. Yeah, does anybody else change their movies as much as he does? No. Like, so. The answer is no. I don't think anybody. I think everybody just leaves it alone. The only other, like, you get director's cuts, but then it's not the fact that, like, like Ridley Scott's director's cut mm -hmm. for Alien is not the only version of Alien you can see now. Like, they put both of them on there. And, like, Spielberg changed E.T. that little bit. You mm -hmm. know, he took out the guns and added the walkie-talkies at the behest of George. <laughs> and then a few years later, he was like, no, why did I do that? Never mind. Mm -hmm. And then he changed it back. Like, it's it's a fascinating um, compulsion, I guess is the right word. Yeah, it, it's really it's it's really interesting because, you know, you I, I like it's like an older thing where you would just, you know, change something because it yeah. was not ne not ever considered finished. And then we think of movies as yeah. like, it's in the can, it's finished, it's done. And even with like Blade mm -hmm. Runner, Blade Runner has whatever eight or nine different versions, with different endings sort of, too. Mm -hmm. Like yeah, with different endings, but fundamentally it's sort of like, different. Yeah, it's what it's what they yeah. made, right? Like it's that that's what the movie they made, and they kind of recut what they had. Um, like yeah. going back and you know like digitally changing 
the sky for whatever damn reason or or yeah. you know saying McClunky is yeah I, pretty but unique. i mean also yeah. with those with those blade runner cuts they're all available on that blu-ray mm-hmm. like you can get them all together it's not like they just stopped putting out the old ones like that's kind of the selling point is hey guess what there's 17 different cuts of blade runner on these yeah, 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 yeah. don't you want to buy See, i don't yeah. mind buy more buy more i don't mind a director's cut a lot of times because the studio forced them to modify or change mm-hmm. their movie and this allows them to actually show you the raw film that they meant to make but some of these changes are like no i'm just never going to be happy <laughs> Disney Plus, episode four, choose your own adventure. You're in the cantina. <laughs> Who would you like to shoot first? What would you like them to say? <laughs> it's time for question four. Why was THX 1138 allowed to escape? Locked in. Locked in. Uh, locked in. I'm going to go KJ. They went over budget. Can't go over budget. They went over, I think, I don't remember exactly, but it was something like they went over 5% of the initial estimate, which is not acceptable. And honestly, is Robert Duvall worth? Like, let him go. What? Mm -hmm. Over budget. Yeah, over budget. He's not worth it, guys. Yeah. That's that's the story of Godfather Part Three too. Went over. Uh, uh, yeah, I was I was gonna say they hit six percent over fourteen thousand, and so they were over budget, so he had to go away. Okay, well, this is pretty obvious that everyone's gonna get the points. Tom is going to take down this episode by a half a point, five point five. Uh, Patrick strong finish here, five points. KJ as well with four points. It. That was a pretty tight match in the end there. So this goes back to some of the themes. We were talking about this totalitarian society, but at the same time, there's this theme of capitalism and consumerism. How does that play together? That's the part that I don't get. Like in some places they have everything, but then they're really nitpicking on these credits. So, well, I mean, the idea of a a totalitarian capitalism is, is, something that's been a you know kind of came up in the in the late 60s right this is what like somebody like herbert marcusa was um analyzing capitalism and he says it it itself is totalitarian now he has this kind of argument that it goes back to fascism it doesn't really make any sense it's it's actually kind of crazy but it's this kind of idea of like uh, capitalism is is everywhere and it's total so it produces like really cheap versions of Marx. So you could buy Das Kapital for very cheap because of capitalistic processes. And so he would say, and this is kind of part of the student revolutions of the late 60s, they would say that it's this system that has become totalizing and there is no space outside of it. And I I think there's a lot of like um, anti-socialist stuff in this movie too, which is why I don't think it makes a lot of sense. But that's kind of my reading of the the capitalism thing. It's this kind of like Frankfurt, late Frankfurt school style, uh, uh, totalizing, totalizing uh, aspect of of capitalism. But don't you think he's also anti-capitalism too? Like it seems he's anti every theme yeah, that's what of I the just film. Said. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's it, he's like it's it's a total it's it's total control. 
he's Marcusa is saying capitalism is to total control. And I think in his kind of bumbling way, Lucas is saying the same thing, right? He's saying that it's, it's everywhere. It's, it's controlling everything. The incentives to like save money and not go over budget are, are everywhere. And there's sort of, um, life is sort of rewired to serve that instead of the other way around. And regardless of what you think of that, you know, that's fair enough. But I think that's what, that's the, the kind of philosophical spirit Lucas is drawing from. I'll never be able to say anything as eloquently as that. <laughs> <laughs> that's why we have Tom here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that and I'm, I'm, I'm just better looking than they are. Well, for, perfect for yeah, an audio only. But it's true, actually. Tom kind of has got an OMM 0000 thing going on right now. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, if you want to know what I look like, look up Hans Membling's version of Christ. <laughs> yeah. It's time for movie rent i actually did have a bonus question that was not needed in this episode but i figured it'd be fun to bring this one up anyway just to see what your thoughts are while predating star wars what sentence of dialogue references this galaxy far far away i know this guy i'm gonna lock this guy in oh oh patrick's locked in what i don't even get the question what's the question again? what references star wars even though star wars didn't exist yet you already won, Tom, so don't, don't think too know. hard. <laughs> I, I, I literally don't know. I don't know at all. I remember hearing it, but I don't remember what it was. I'll, I'll lock in on this, this um, non-bonus question. I'm going to save Patrick to last because he, he seems pretty confident. So oh, uh, I'll, even, Tom... I'll even give you a trivia behind it. I'm, that's how <laughs> oh, yeah, I let's am. do it. <laughs> I want you to. I have no idea. <laughs> okay. I'm going to go. I have no idea. Does somebody, is somebody named C-3PO? No. Good guess, though. KJ, any thoughts? I, well, my... My actual answer, does somebody say I have a bad feeling about this? And then my fake one is McClunky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, both of them are not present. Patrick, take it away. Um, so it was this guy. I wanted to look it up because I wanted to make sure I got the guy's name right. It, uh, this guy, Terrence McGovern, who is a friend of George's from Modesto, uh, was one of the loopers, the audio loopers, doing like the background dialogue for characters. And uh, I believe it's when the cops during the chase, maybe at the end. I can't remember exactly when it happens, but he says it I is. Think I just, it is the chase. Yep. I think I just ran over a Wookiee uh, on the expressway, is what he says. Yeah. Um, and it was oh. a word he just like. Yeah. Uh, it was his friend's last name, Bill Wookie, W O O K E Y, uh, and he just thought it was a funny word. And Terrence McGovern is also in American Graffiti. I think he plays one of the teachers. And then I believe. He's the guy who says these aren't the droids we're looking for. I believe that's his voice yeah. as the stormtrooper. Mm -hmm. um, hmm. yeah. Absolutely correct. And I just figured I'd throw this one out there. Could this dystopian location be within <laughs> the Star Wars universe? Wow. Hmm. Like underground in a planet. There's a lot of planets out there. There's a lot. A lot of, in yeah. the galaxy. A lot of systems it would be i think it would be a totalitarian government within the empire right i don't think the empire works this way well no, and the it's, first it's order, outer rim tom i agree i agree yeah th this would be like a small little horror show you know it's like what's that walled off city in in china where it's like an independent city in china yeah but it's like run by street gangs and it's like the most densely populated city in the world and you you could look it up it's like 
it's it's amazing there's like sunlight doesn't get to the bottom of the of the city because the buildings are so close but it's Hong considered Kong? i think no it's like the the something walled city i don't remember what it is but i'm it's gonna say it's the great by... walled city Kowloon <laughs> walled city k-o-w-l-o-o-n i that's i mean that sounds like, like it. It was, a, it was yes. an ungoverned, densely populated Chinese mm-hmm. enclave within the boundaries of uh, Kowloon City, Hong Kong, I guess. Yeah, 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 that's oh. it. Yeah. So KJ was somewhat right. <laughs> 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 yeah, I, I actually forgot my point. Because <laughs> well, if, if we're actually going to answer this question, was there any mm-hmm. technology in the THX world that breaks the rules were there glasses were there any any was there anything in the thx worlds that break the rules of star wars right obviously there's no force and but... also i think that glasses rule has been broken recently uh, i believe okay. it's the glasses rule that there were no glasses and nobody wars. has glasses oh oh nobody's wearing glasses yeah mm-hmm. I, but i think that's been broken, been broken. i might be wrong i might close right moz gets uh, close isn't the um in Mandalorian, the scientist guy who's with Werner Herzog, who's like trying to take the blood, oh, doesn't he have glasses? I think he might have glasses. Yeah. Well, when did you watch it? Because when it aired, <laughs> yeah, which version? <laughs> he does have glasses. He does have glasses. Oh. So there you go. Yeah. No, I, I threw this out there just for fun, but really, there's nothing that says this is Earth. There's nothing that I could see through this that gives us any indication that our society has evolved to this. This is the future. This is the past. Nothing that I could see really shows that unless we're really talking about, you know, certain technology, you could have pills in any world. You know, I that, mean, that's listen, not, yeah. Those monkey boys, <laughs> those monkey boys, I don't know what they are. They could be something, uh, you know, it's, I don't think they're monkeys. Right, they feel just no, off enough from monkeys. They're not. Yeah, they're they're not Earth monkeys. No, they're not Earth monkeys. I'm no, glad definitely we, they're, they're not. not the not the good old familiar Earth. I'm monkeys so glad I got you to say that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> so I can pop this bubble. Mm-hmm. When did was it Mendelssohn paint that painting? What was the guy's Mem- name? Memling. He painted Memling, in the right? 1480s. Ohm's yeah. gonna yeah. lead the way here. Hans Memling. Mm-hmm. If Star Wars was long ago in a galaxy far, far away. Uh, there you go. The painting wouldn't you. have. Yep. Yeah, you can't. You can't steal that painting. Oh, you got there us. You go. mm-hmm. It's on Earth, maybe. Or it was some kind of... painting that looked very <laughs> similar to. <laughs> similar. <laughs> <laughs> that could be. Yeah, I, I mean, so, like the Empire is also really different from this government. Like, I much rather live in the Empire than in this place. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm no, not saying Empire... this is Empire. I I, I agree yeah, that it would no, be no, more no. of an outer rim colony. Don't forget, there's a yeah, lot I'm of just different kind of ranting. societies. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. I'm I'm ranting. Here. <laughs> I'm moving around. Um, but it, it's yeah. It's like the Empire is sort of. It's the difference between totalitarianism and authoritarianism. Right. Authoritarianism is just like, listen, we're in charge, and when we need to be in charge, we're going to be in charge. But Jabba the Hutt, you just like do your own thing until we need to be in charge again. Right. And totalitarianism is just like everybody's going to do what we say all the time. And we're going to kind of measure your steps. And the empire is much more just the empire is like really hands off. 
when you revisit those movies again there's a lot of space for you know kind of doing the things you want to do like, there's a lot of crime lords who are doing really well under the <laughs> the only time the empire really is punishing is if you're on a planet that has resources that they require yeah mm-hmm. that, that's that's the thing yeah. that's when they're that's when they're mm-hmm. uh, then they assert their authority when they need something right otherwise they don't really care they don't want to make everybody be just like they are that they don't need to do that that's a waste of money so who owns this right now is it george or is it disney who owns is it still Uh, george because if george owns it he could easily put the two sons on that last scene (laughs) could even add the sound right like that (laughs) well let's see distributed by warner brothers so i think he could add the the dual sons there go for it george or maybe there were two sons, we just didn't have the right angle, you know? They were on the other side. <laughs> yeah. Someone should yeah. recut that ending with Binary Sunset playing in the background. And John Williams. Yeah. And it would it would make sense that they lived underground, you know, it's a desert yeah. planet. So. Too many sons. Yeah, it mm-hmm. could be. There, and let's be honest, there are a lot of desert planets in Star Wars. Yes. We're finding new ones every day. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I have to say, like, I think a lot of us found this movie um, hard to remember at points. I had to rewatch it to remember the plot. Like, I, I had forgotten that THX, like, gets Sen in trouble. Like, he mm-hmm. reports him. And that's why Sen is in prison. So, I like, even watching the movie, I couldn't figure out why Sen was in prison, who had caught him. Just because I completely blanked out the scene five minutes after watching the scene. Um, illegal programming tom you know yeah maybe illegal programming but yeah it's like it's a really um it's really kind of hard to to keep track of the things that are going on uh (laughs) i do like their um i do like their at-home pornography (laughs) that seems to be (laughs) that's an odd scene though really though right it's just kind of (laughs) random too like there's no other context (laughs) yeah yeah, it's the seventies. They're now allowed to show to show nudity. So just like everybody shows nudity. That's why there's nudity in the Godfather. There's no reason for nudity to be in the Godfather. They just they just add it in because it's like nineteen seventy three and they're finally allowed to do this. I mean it also seems like something that George was toying with that he eventually perfected for the Star Wars holiday special. <laughs> there it is this must be the same universe yeah, yeah. <laughs> speaking of wookies it... that's one of the few things that he has not gone back to it's make true. any changes it's very true did he make that is that his or was that uh just... i think he had more to do with it than he says he did but he did not write mm. it he did not direct it uh yeah. he i believe he gave them the uh, general concept and general idea for it and then says he just said all right go ahead you guys go do this and then was mad when he saw what happened um but i would not be surprised mm-hmm. if he had more to do with it than that okay, okay george so then the the, the sun wookie's gonna say this no 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 no, no dialogue yeah. no yeah. he's not gonna say anything just make really squeaky annoying sounds okay we got it some of the the writers on that were like bruce valanche and like the guys who wrote like uh uh the police squad tv show and like naked oh, gun okay. and yeah it was a bunch of those uh, guys you yeah, they, they like bruce flanch writes they or used to write the award yeah. shows right yeah for like Whoopi goldberg yeah. and things like that yeah. yeah huh that's weird because yeah. that is yeah it's interesting <laughs> kind of went in a different direction on this one yes <laughs> yeah. yes uh, we ended in Whoopi goldberg and we started <laughs> in thx and totalitarian government <laughs> but 
Yeah. So that I I don't know. I think this is you know an interesting movie too because it does have like when you think of like kind of dystopic films or dystopian sorry dystopic isn't a word dystopian movies it's like you you do have that either absence of government or or too much government and then within that there's this sort of distinction between an absence of pleasure and an excess of pleasure and this i don't know where this movie comes down because it's so interested in um in the the problems of consumerism and encouraging consumerism which you would think would be kind of like the soma from brave new world where everybody's just on drugs and feeling pleasure all the time Um, and that's kind of going on here but it just doesn't seem like anybody's having a good time and when you read brave new world it's like there's a lot of sex and happiness in this movie and you know in this book rather until they um you know until they come out of it um but i'm not quite sure is it is this like a deprivation of pleasure and kind of like a boot in the face thing, or is it like an, an excess of it? I, I thought it was more of a null, right? So, you, no. mm-hmm. you, yeah, you don't desire pleasure. You don't desire anything, which isn't necessarily a, a pleasure, but it is, I mean, satisfying is not the right word. It's, it's complacency. Like it's mm-hmm. my word was sedation for a reason. Mm-hmm. Like he like, felt yeah. he yeah. could not do his job if he didn't take enough sedatives, you know, like mm-hmm. he cannot function. Yeah. Cause he's, he's like throwing up when he, he starts coming off of them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a good point that it's, you, you know, you're not being like broken the way the main character is in 1984. You just stop having emotions, sure. right? You stop feeling things. Yeah. It's like, it, it's like in, in the Republic, right? It's, we're going to throw out all the, uh, all the poets because they're they're going to inspire too much passion, and in this movie, it's like they're going to throw out the the poet in each of us, right? You know, they, you don't have to throw out a, a class of people; you could just remove it from each individual mm-hmm. in order to create, you know, this kind of ideal society. It's like nightmare Plato. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I just feel like my general feelings with this movie is every time I watch it, I'm like, well, that's probably you know when you you watch a movie and you're like, I will probably never watch that movie again, and then I trick myself <laughs> into watching it again later on. You're welcome. Um, yeah, no, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Um, it. It's a movie that I just wish I connected with more because I know a lot of people like it. Um, I just think it's, I don't necessarily do well with slow movies. Like just as a personal thing, it's just, it doesn't hold my attention that well. And I think this is in my brain's definition of a movie that I'm like, yeah, I wish I got more out of it, but I just never do. Um I think I think everyone's good in it. I think Donald Pleasance is good in it. I think, you know, like there's a lot of people who are like putting in really good performances uh, and it's fun seeing them at that point in their career. And it's obviously fun seeing the things that he, he being George, takes throughout the rest of his career from this movie. Some of the iconography that he reuses again, uh, seeing how he repurposes, um, you know, the, the BART tunnels in San Francisco to like be other tunnels. Also, I like in the end credits when it's like, uh, the production would like to thank these people and it's like Caleb Deschanel and all these people and then it just says Bart Subway like that's a name and I thought I was like reading it and I was like wait that's not a name that's a thing I know what that is <laughs> um, uh, but yeah I mean it's a, it's an interesting movie uh, I wish the monkeys weren't in it because I truly think it's the thing in the movie that I'm like I just can't get on board for that even when I've like bought into the rest of it fair yeah um, that's fair yeah yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's just, it takes you out of making it feel like, even though it does not feel like the real world necessarily, 
it feels like a realistic thing and then those guys show up and you're like oh i don't know what's happening now <laughs> i don't know what is going on um but i think the last like 20 minutes the the escape and the chase are great and i think it's just really fun exciting cool filmmaking that he you know uh sometimes uses again mm. he loves a good chase he loves a good chase and if a movie ends with a chase or like you know an explosion or whatever you're like oh yeah that's george um and i feel like this movie does that and then it also ends on the you know the hopeful uh note that he does again like we said in new hope with binary sunset like that ending feels a lot like that where you're like i don't know what's going to happen next but he's going off into this big new world that he doesn't know what's coming um so yeah yeah it's you know it's a movie and i think <laughs> it's a movie i think that's the best thing I can it's a movie that's it that, that, that could have been the summary i didn't even mean to say that but it's a movie um and I think if you're interested, if you've listened this far and you have not seen the movie, I don't know what's wrong with you and I apologize, but you should watch the movie just as a piece of, you know, film history to see where a lot of things spurred uh, out of his career from. And then followed up with more American graffiti, right? Absolutely. I'd like to once again congratulate our winner of the week, Tom. I feel like I've been saying that a little too often lately, but congratulations, mm. Tom. Yeah, they're, yeah. They're very happy everyone is me. very happy for you. <laughs> On another note, check out our website, TalkingPicturesTrivia.com, for more information about us and our episodes. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts as well as our YouTube channel. We are extremely grateful for any positive reviews as those help others like you find us. If you like what you hear, remember to like and subscribe to our show. What was your favorite scene in THX 1138 and why? Let's continue the conversation on Twitter at Talking Studios. Have additional thoughts? Email us at TalkingPicturesTrivia at gmail.com or give us a call at 201-467-8679 for a chance to be featured on one of our future From the Listeners episodes. Thanks again, Patrick, for joining us today. Where can people find you? Yeah, um, you can follow me on Twitter uh, at Patrick Kotner. I'm currently trying to get more followers than the canceled NBC show 1600 Pen. So anybody helps. Um, you can also uh, uh, follow the show I produce, George Lucas Talk Show, at G Lucas Talk Show on Twitter. Um, we're on a brief hiatus right now. Hopefully, we'll be back soon. But all the old episodes are on YouTube. Um, it you know, there's so many episodes, so many guests. I recommend just finding a guest that you like and watching that episode, and you'll probably be able to catch on pretty quick. There's Whoopi Goldberg, there's Jason Manzukas, there's Leah Thompson, Bobby Moynihan. Like, there's so many. Ahmed Best, who played Jar Jar Binks, is a great one if you're looking for a first one. Um, so many guests, so many episodes. Go check them out. They're they're fun. Yeah, Kevin Smith, too. That was That's a good one. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Kevin Smith's a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can find me at ThomasLayman15. Twitter, right? That's that's my Twitter, I think. Yeah, ThomasLayman15. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm also doing a B-side podcast on THX. So we're going to be doing um, different types of dystopian literature. So please tune in to B-side. It should be coming out the same day. It should be should be out now. If you're listening to this, you can go download that and enjoy. And you can find me on Twitter at KJ1000. I can also be found on Twitter at the nicknamed. Join us next time when we discuss KJ's recommendation from 1985, Tampopo. Should be a fun one. Talk to you then. Ding, 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 ding.